Calgary man with long history of violence and breaking court orders has bail hearing over hate crimes. Another allegation of sexual assault in the Quebec Minor Hockey League. Canadian officials tried to edit a statement about the murder of a Palestinian journalist and Ugandan politicians seek the death penalty for gay sex. Good morning. It's Thursday, March 23rd. I'm Nora. If you're just starting your fast, happy fast, happy Ramadan. Here are your headlines for today. First this morning to Calgary, where a guy who has a criminal history for violent assault and animal abuse is going through the process of a bail hearing. Oh, and he was just charged with hate crimes. Derek Reimer also is surprisingly some sort of Christian pastor, according to the CBC story by Megan Grant a dog-abusing, violence-doing pastor. Grant doesn't say for what denomination or what church or what kind of pastor or or if he's just given the name to himself. I've looked him up. Uh, There is a pastor, Derek Reimer, who lives in Winnipeg, but it's hard to find this guy's church in Calgary, which when I did find it, I found out that he found it after he walked by the same bar many times. The bar was called The Mission. And while reading the book of Revelations, once he discovered that the number seven represents completion and perfection. This is not something I've ever heard of in my life, and I have read Revelations. Anyway, Derek Reimer, his church is called Mission 7, and if you donate to it, you donate to, quote, Derek Reimer Mission 7, which is a giant red flag uh, that this dog-abusing, criminally violent guy is probably just taking people's money who are desperate to become close to the light of Christ. Pro tip to journalists, you do not need to call a guy who invented his own church a pastor. Why am I telling you all of this? Well, Reimer has been charged with hate crimes. He has been disrupting drag events at libraries across Calgary, of course, and the bail hearing, which is happening right now, has heard about his criminal past. Reimer showed up at a drag story time. This situation is what landed him the hate crime charge and he started quote shouting homophobic and transphobic slurs at children unquote the hate crime landed him in jail because he kept breaking his bail conditions and while in jail he beat the hell out of his cellmate two days later he was released because he agreed to bail conditions like not going near any queer events in the community but he did show up to another event more than a week later he showed up at another library event so this is a guy who goes to a drag story time uh, reading at a library, starts screaming at the children, gets charged with a hate crime, ends up in jail because he refuses to agree to the bail conditions, beats the living hell out of his cellmate for no reason, is released two days later and shows up at another drag event and now is in front of a judge to have his bail conditions decided it's it's just so it's so how how did how does he keep doing this why why is he allowed to keep doing this anyway here's a little bit of history about Reimer himself so in 2015 he was convicted of quote causing suffering to a dog unquote in 2013 he was convicted of two counts of aggravated assault in 2011 he served an eight-month jail sentence for assault he's also been charged with theft mischief intimidation and at least two other assaults man this guy sounds like a great pastor it's so great that the media keeps calling him that 
Anyway, like we live in a carceral state. And so I don't really see how a guy like this isn't considered a threat to the public and kept in jail, though he should not be sharing a cell with anyone lest he beat them. But in trying to find his mission seven church, it's very clear that this guy is a far right media darling, as I had to go through a lot of pages of far right so-called news content related to his disruptive events. So this guy is taking donations for his fake church, beating people with a history of violence. And the best the courts think they can do is slap a restraining order onto him so he doesn't go within 300 meters of queer events. This is not taking hate crimes seriously. And all of the stories that we're hearing of the disruptions of drag events, it would go a long way to emphasize the kind of individual that is actually disrupting these events rather than trying to make this into some sort of culture war. Here we have a chronically violent individual who has decided to make the drag events his thing because he's able to make money and have notoriety on it. But my God, Calgary court system, this is you gotta you gotta figure out how to deal with this in a way that's not what you're doing. Now to Quebec's junior hockey league, where another allegation of sexual violence has come out. This one dates back to the mid-1990s. Martin Lavallee, who's the interim commissioner of the league, has not said which hockey team is involved, and he says that he's protecting this information to protect the survivor of the violence. Now, this came out at a parliamentary commission that is currently happening in Quebec on junior hockey and sexual violence. Lavallee mentioned this in his testimony to the commission, as I said, on Tuesday. Lavallee has just been named the interim director of the league. Mario Cicchini will be taking over in May. Cicchini was also present at the commission. He said that he hopes this investigation will be complete by the time he starts his job in May. But if it isn't, he will ensure that the file is accelerated. He said, quote, in the future, I want it to be clear, understood and undeniable that any degrading gesture, intimidation, harassment or psychological or physical violence or sexual assault is not allowed in the Quebec Junior Hockey League and will not be tolerated. I, I think it's very interesting that Quebec is doing this commission right now to look at hazing and sexual violence within junior sports, specifically in hockey. The stories will come out because the space is there for the stories to come out, which, of course, begs the question, what stories will we never hear of until politicians actually take sexual violence within youth sports seriously in Western Canada Ontario or Eastern Canada. Next to national news, an investigation from Alex Koch at the Maple has revealed that senior advisors to Melanie Jolie tried to make last minute edits to a statement that Jolie signed, along with other countries, about the murder of Palestinian journalist Shireen Abu Akla. The edit would have inserted the word accidentally, that the Israeli military said that Abu Akla was accidentally shot and killed. Kosh writes, quote, after they were rebuffed due to time constraints, the advisors asked ministry staff to consider delaying the statement because they were worried about it clashing with the lead up to Queen Elizabeth II's funeral, unquote. The statement was put together by the international group called the Media Freedom Coalition. Canada as a country is a member alongside other countries. The statement did not include the Canadian edits. The Maple found this out through access to information documents. 
the statement was supposed to be released on August 11th, which was three months after Abu Akhla was killed by the Israeli army. But delays due to Canada and other countries pushed the release by a month. It didn't come out until September. Documents about earlier drafts that the Maple obtained through access to information were redacted. In one of the documents, a staffer asked for a last-minute change that, quote, would have credited the Israeli military for investigating itself over the killing of Abu Akhla. Shireen Abu Akhla was shot and killed by Israeli forces on May 11th of last year. She was reporting from the Janine refugee camp. And finally to Uganda, where MPs have passed a bill that makes homosexual acts punishable by death. Only two of the 389 legislators didn't vote in favor of the bill. The Guardian UK's Samuel Okiro, reporting from Kampala, is reporting that the bill introduces capital punishment and life in prison for, quote, gay sex and recruitment, promotion and funding of same sex activities. Gay sex had already been punishable by life imprisonment. The two MPs who opposed the bill were Fox Odoi Oweloo and Paul Kuizera Bukana. Now, the bill goes to President Yoweri Museveni to either be signed into law or vetoed. Okiror reports that he seems to support the bill. Many Ugandans have spoken out against the bill, like Eric Naula, who tweeted, quote, Today's events in Parliament are not just immoral, but a complete assault on humanity. It's frightening that our MP's judgment is clouded by hate and homophobia. Who benefits from this draconian law? Those are your headlines for Thursday, March 23rd. I'm Nora, and I hope you have a great day.